I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Good morning and welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I've got to tell you, I I have so many people um, that I connect with in this realm of, of um, you know, the podcast world. And after reading a little bit about you and kind of learning more about where you've come from, I am so excited to talk about work-life balance, which is something we've talked about a million times but I know that you are going to shed a totally different perspective for this season, which is focused on unself-helping. Could you share with the listeners a little bit about you and um, how you got into the world that you are in? Absolutely. So I think like so many women, I was raising babies, you know, working on my family. And there was this little nudge. I'm like, I want I want to be back in the business world. I want to, to have this thing and, it, and it's calling me. And so I went after it. And like many, I was just trying to get things off the ground, trying to start. You've got all this motivation. You don't mind staying up and making all kinds of sacrifices because you're passionate and you're excited. It's kind of like that infatuation stage when you're dating, right? Like we can't stay in the infatuation stage or life as we know it would stop. Societies would fall. They would break apart. And so I'm, you know, in those early infatuation stages with my business and there's just, I can't wait to get back to it. And that ended up going on way too long and things just got really off balance. My business is growing, which is beautiful. That's the dream, but I didn't have the systems, the structure in place to be able to balance it all. So things felt more and more chaotic and crazy. And I'm trying to figure out how to do this. And there was this idea, I think that we often fall prey to and we believe, which is this lie that, well, if you're too busy, you just need to let things go. That seems very logical and reasonable. So, you know, I'm trying to let these different things go, but I got to this point where I'm like, I don't know what else to let go. I can't stop feeding my children. I don't want to, (laughs) I, you know, can't stop um, working on my business. That's how we pay the bills and, you know, all these are things I'm like, I don't know what else to let go of. And that's when I really got serious about does work-life balance really exist? How am I going to find it? Because if I can't, I'm going to crumple. Like this is, this is not sustainable. I can't, I don't know how to live like this. And so I just became determined to figure out if it really was possible. So that was my journey And, and as I did, as I did start discovering how to make this work and I'm cutting my hours down and my income isn't dropping, which that was my huge fear. Well, if I'm working less, I'm going to make less. And that didn't happen. I was able to actually make more and work less hours. So as I started seeing all that, at first I kind of kept it all to myself because I thought this was a me problem. Like I was the only one who had everything off kilter and was off balance. And then when I would speak at different conferences and I would hear women talking, you know, in the evening hours after everything was over, I realized this is not a me problem. This is a we problem. And I need to share what I've been doing and how I've been able to reclaim my life and that balance and my joy. And so 
that has been my mission for the last decade plus as, as I finally figured all that out. Um, so incredibly amazing. And, um, what I really am curious about is, you know, I've heard so many people talk all fluffy about like, oh, this is how you do that. And, you know, in thinking about it, it's like not really tangible. And so how do you, what do you recommend from a tangible perspective on how people can actually kind of reclaim their life a little bit? Did I lose you? Onto these different ideas, like you said, that are fluffy and they seem so like, oh, okay. It's kind of like uh, when you see those different diets, there was one that I can't, I don't know why I can't remember the name of it, but there was one where it was like super, super high fats. Right. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me I can live off of like butter and brie cheese and I'm following this diet. Okay. But it totally was not sustainable. It wasn't really healthy. And I feel like that's kind of the way this stuff works, right? People will say things that sound so great. And we grab onto it because we're like, oh, I'd love for it to be that easy. Well, it's not. So the real truth is it took a lot of work in a lot of areas. Um, and it, but it is, it is possible. It is. And we can make changes and headway very quickly, which that was liberating for me. So what that looked like and, and what it really looks like for each of us is first getting really real about where our time is going, understanding that there is so many hours of the day, and we can make those work for us better instead of treating time like we're a slave to it, right? Like this idea of, oh my gosh, time is against me. There's never enough time. I'm always running behind. Those feelings are very stuck in scarcity and that's going to be self-fulfilling. Whereas we can shift that and work on the mindset and realize, I, I remember I had this moment one day, so silly, but I'm, I'm sitting there feeling angry at time for once again, betraying me and not having enough of it. And it just hit me in this moment, Oprah, Beyonce, the president, they all have the same 24 hours as I do that I did not somehow get skipped. Like I don't have less than them somehow. It's just how we use them. So getting really clear on where your time's going and being honest about what the big time wasters and time sucks are. The next thing is looking for where can I simplify? Like, what is the simplest way to get from where I am to where I want to be? And that for me looks like automating, creating workflows, creating checklists, checking in with myself. Should I really be doing this? Is this really the right direction? A lot of times our time gets wasted just because we go down some rabbit hole of something we think we should be doing. And we never stopped and asked ourselves, is this actually what I should be doing? So those, those are a couple places to just start. You know, <laughs> I think that, uh, I've definitely felt like the woe of like, oh crap, that was a waste of time. I didn't need to do that. Oh yeah. And even more importantly, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, you know, offloading stuff to people that or maybe more capable than I am. And, and I think often we don't want to spend money to do something like that. But I think and not so much today, but back when my son was young, I had a housekeeper come once a month and do the deep cleaning. And it seemed kind of counterintuitive or counterproductive because it's like, I'm home. Why would I do this? But you know, the amount of time that I would spend doing that to have a team of two people come in and the cost freed me up to really enjoy 
my time with my son and do other things, go to a museum or whatever. And I think that a lot of times we get hung up on, well, I don't want to pay a CPA. I can do my taxes on my own. You know, I don't want to pay someone else to do what I know I can do, but really you've got to look at it as like lost opportunity cost, I think. Oh, absolutely. The thing is, is that a lot of times when it gets down to it, we are afraid of balance because we believe it means we have to let things go. Some of that could be are things that we enjoy doing. I'm going to have to let go of my favorite show. I like to binge, right? But another very big real part of this, you hit it right on the head is letting go of some of our money in order to free up more space. And again, it's funny. I mean, I keep coming back to mindset, but this is again, these feelings of scarcity. And I remember going through these same feelings and fears when I wanted to hire a house cleaner. You know, I, I have this business. I'm running it from my house. I have three very small kids back in the day. They're all teenagers now. Um, and I really wanted to hire a house cleaner, but it felt wrong because I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm home. And yes, Mm -hmm. I, I am working, but I'm home. I should be able to do this myself. And also, you know, I would play this the next uh, real in my head would be like, and my husband's in school, like that's for rich people. We should not be having a house cleaner. That's taking away from our budget, right? I made all of these reasons. And, and sometimes something, for example, a house cleaner, you might also have your spouse or your partner. Who's not quite on board. Like, are you sure we need that? But giving that gift to myself and, and you, you know, shared the same thing, what that freed up, I chose to take those hours while they were in my house cleaning. And I've always had a house cleaner since always, always it's non-negotiable. Um, but in the very beginning to, for me to be able to, to wrap my head around it, because I wasn't in that mindset yet where I felt free to be able to, to give myself permission to, to have that help. I said, okay, I'm going to spend the hours that they are in the house cleaning. I'm going to be locked in my office and I'm only doing income producing work. That way I am going to make extra money in that time that they're cleaning to help me feel better about it. So I did that and, and it worked. Then eventually I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I am completely giving myself permission to have this help because it makes me a better person. And I shifted that. And I spent those hours in my kids' classrooms. So I would, I have three kids. I would spend one hour in each of their classrooms once a week while the house cleaner was there. And that, that time was spent so well. And that brings me to something that's when we're trying to figure out balance is really, really critical to understand. There are different things that we do fall into different categories. There's the, there's the not good stuff, but we're going to shift that to the side. For most of us, our time is, is divided between good, better, and best. There's not really a lot of things in our life that we're doing that like we flat out should not be doing, right? We're doing, we're trying to take care of everyone. We're trying to do all the things. So it's all good, better, best. But we have to ask ourselves frequently when we're choosing that thing, is this good? Is there something better? Is there something that is the best? Cleaning my house is good. I like having a clean house. I'm capable. I can do it. But do you know what was better was freeing that up, giving someone else an opportunity to have income in their life and allowing me to build more income in mine. But the best thing was when I took that time and I devoted it to my kids because those memories, 
that experience, I treasure it. I'm so grateful I had that. And it was a season. I mean, they're in high school now. I do not go into their classroom. That would be weird, right? So for that season, it was beautiful. And I'm so glad I chose that best thing. And I almost didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's probably people that look back on their lives and think with kind of regret or sadness that they didn't seize, you know, the day, carpe diem, so to speak. And, and so I think that when I think on these things, it's like, how much longer are you going to keep doing things that, you know, are a time suck on your life? They're an emotion suck on your life. And sometimes they're not even for us, right? Sometimes they're for other people. I, um, I put on for the past two years, I put on this really big event at our local airport with my nonprofit. Um, and I, you know, with my nonprofit as in, it's like me and one other mom who were tired of like the PTA bullshit. And we just decided that if we wanted to help kids, we were going to have to do it on our own. And, uh, this event is, is, it's been fabulous. It's had, you know, thousands of people attend it's, it's had, um, great opportunity for, for kids to get to experience the world of aviation, first responders, all sorts of cool stuff. And I really had to take a hard look at it this year, um, as I'm starting some other projects in my life. And I really thought about it and I'm like, you know, everybody enjoys it. Everybody wants it to happen, but finding volunteers was like pulling teeth. I mean, there was no, you know, there, I had one or two, um, people that stepped up. Actually, I had three or four, but to put on an event like that, you need more, you know? And I was out there putting out the the, uh, delineators and doing the caution tape and preparing the runway and cleaning the airport and doing all the things leading up to this all by myself, getting all ready for this event. And I thought about it this year and I'm like, do I really want to invest that time for everybody else to have a great event? when nobody's really willing to step up and help out. And, you know, the answer was maybe another year, but not this year. I'm really not willing to do that. I would rather spend time with my son. I would rather spend time building my business. There are so many other ways in which I would rather spend my time. And at first I felt kind of shameful about it. Like, oh gosh, you know, the community is going to be let down People are going to wonder, like, why isn't it happening, et cetera, et cetera. And then I realized that's not my responsibility either. You know, I I have to do what I have to do for myself and my family and for me. And sometimes, you know, making these choices means you're going to disappoint other people. Mm, Absolutely. When it comes to, you know, finding that, that best version of our lives, because we want to go from frantic to fulfilled. And we don't just want to replace busy with more balanced. We want to take that a step further and feel bliss, you know, just feel like we, our life lights us up. And I've really found that the key for me is I, I call it my three C's and it's my commitment, my clarity of purpose and then creativity. And so what you just shared, it made me think of that because sometimes we have to reevaluate all of our commitments and then get that clarity of purpose that says, is this really the best place for me to spend my time right now? And we can change our mind later. Exactly what you said. You're like, you know, maybe next year. I love that. 
And then recognizing that we do need these, these outlets. And I'm sure that was one for you for a long time. It was this creative outlet. You saw this need, you thought I can, I can solve this. I know how to do it. And so it gave this burst of creative creativity, which was probably so fulfilling, but that can change. We change, we evolve. So reevaluating is such a key part of being able to stay balanced. I think that is important. And, you know, one of the things, a phrase that I live by is I reserve the right to change my mind when presented with new information. And so for me, that's, that's an important part of that reevaluation. Like, what am I getting from this? What am I giving up? to get from this. And, um, you know, I heard I was, um, at church yesterday and the pastor made an incredible comment. And he said, you know, most of the decisions that we make come from a place of the fear of what we're going to lose. And, you know, I've really took taken that to heart and processed it in the past 24 hours and thought, yeah, we have to stop looking at the fear of what we're losing and start looking at what we're actually gaining from, from making these choices in our life. And, you know, that's a really hard thing to do. It's a really hard thing to do. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to take that analogy a step further and say that a lot of the great things that come into our life, the opportunities, they come when our nets are full. So I am referring to the story of Peter and, and with, with their fishing, you know, he'd had this day where it had been a terrible day, caught no fish. It's real easy to make decisions and walk away from things when nothing's going well. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know what? This hasn't been so great. I'm ready for something different, but that's not when it happened. It happened when his nets were full. I mean, he'd had the best fishing day of his entire life after the Savior told him, you know, go back out, cast your nets to this side. And he's pulling up so many fish that the boat is sinking. That happens in our lives too. The nets will be full and we will need to make choices. Do we stay with this thing that is comfortable, that feels good, that feels safe? Or do we open ourselves up for something that could be so much better? And uh, it's funny you say that because I was actually just having a conversation with my partner this morning about this. um, It was a video of it was a a motivational speaker who was telling this story. And I'm sure that it's some parable or something that has been passed down over the years. But it was um, it was basically like this little boy, uh, you know, this young man is fishing on a riverbank and uh, near near the where the the ocean enters in, and he's not having any luck. And so, um, an older gentleman's been watching him for some time, sitting on a chair nearby. And and the young man pulls the the rod out of the water, and he starts to pack up to leave. And the old man says to him, uh, "You know, son, you're you're about to walk away at, right at the time when the fishing gets good." And and the young man says, "Nah." the tide's going to pull out and there's not going to be any fish here. And the old man says, well, quite the contrary. When the tide pulls out, the water gets chummed up and the fish love it. He said, you'll see, it'll happen in about 45 minutes. And so they sit on the riverbank in silence for about 45 minutes. And then the old man gets out his rod and he tosses it in the water. And the young man follows suit and puts his rod in the water. He's got his line in the water. And all of a sudden they start catching fish right and left. They're just pulling them out. And after they're all done and they're sitting there, the old man's philosophical. And he looks to the young man and he says, you know, son, the only way that you 
can lose when you feel like you're losing everything in your life is if you don't have your line in the water. He said that time when everything seems to be pulling away, when you seem to be losing everything, that's when you need to make sure you have your line in the water. And I loved it so much because how often are we in this space where we're, you know, everything's pulling away or <laughs> we seemingly are just out of control and spiraling and don't, don't seem to have a stable footing. And, and it seems like we're losing everything right and left relationships. And then all of a sudden, if you've got your line in the water, things start coming back to you in ways that you could have never imagined in ways that are so much better, so much more expansive with so much growth, with so much insight. And, uh, I've been feeling that I'm in that season now where I'm really feeling, you know, the tide is pulling out and I, it's taking everything I have to keep that line in the water, but it just struck me so hard. Mm, Yes. I love that so much. And truly I was having another conversation recently about this very topic, about the idea of when things don't go according to plan, when, you know, things get extra, uh, busy, chaotic, it's a, it's a fuller season in life or something just comes up that's unexpected. Often the first thing we do is let go of the critical self-care things that keep us grounded. And I'm going to elaborate on that and say kind of the harder ones, right? If it's an extra busy day, you say, oh, I'm going to forgo the workout. I'm going to forgo the exercise. You know, instead of eating my uh, lunch as an actual break with some peace, I'm going to try to stuff my face while I'm working at the computer. Maybe we aren't fueling our our, our bodies the same way. Just these different things where we pull that line up. And that of course is going to hold us back from being able to get to that goodness that we want. So I think, you know, each person kind of taking a reflective look of what are those things for me that are me keeping my line in the water? How do, what are those most important relationships? What are those most important self-care things, you know, getting enough sleep, exercise, hydration, um, by exercise, I just mean moving our bodies, you know, the fuel that we, that we, put into our bodies, those different things that, that are the equivalent of our lines, feeding, feeding ourselves spiritually, you know, whatever those might be for each of us. I, and I really feel like, you know, this, this all ties into creating, um, this, you know, what is work-life balance? Well, work-life balance is a constant choice. That's what it is. It's a constant choice over something over the other thing. That's really what it comes down to. And, um, and there is no everything, right? Like, I mean, I, and I've, and I've had this realization, um, because I'm definitely a yes person. I'm definitely someone who takes on everything. People know if they come to me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to make it happen. And I started to realize like, why am I, why am I doing this for everybody else? You know? And, and to your point, there were times when there were things that I did that fit at the moment. They, they filled my creative bucket. They filled my charitable bucket, whatever it might be, but that's not, you know, to presume that that's how it's always going to be is just a really kind of naive way, I think, to look at life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, balance is ever moving. It has to be adjusted. I think the best way to visualize this is riding on a bicycle. If you hold still on a bicycle, you are going to fall over. You can't stay with your feet on pedals without motion and stay upright. Balance is the same way. We are constantly adjusting ourselves, you know, moving from side to side. 
reevaluating, slowing down because we're coming up against a, a turn or speeding up because, oh, things are feeling light. We're on a hill. This is fun. Let's build a, you know, the wind through our hair. Balance is this constant, constant renegotiating to make sure that you're staying upright. So it cannot stay the same. And as soon as we think like, oh, I've, I've got a routine. This is going to be good. Guess what? Something's going to come up and it's going to just shake everything around. And that's the time where we go back and we reevaluate and we, we change things up again to make them work for us. Hmm. I really like the bike analogy. I mean, I feel like that's just such a fabulous visual on what actually plays out. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Yes, that is exactly it. Um, how can people get in contact with you, Leah? And we do always put everything in the show notes, but just in case they're driving and they want to hear it out loud, how can they find you? Absolutely. So if, if you have your phone on you, which you do, cause you're listening to a podcast right now and you are safe to do so, you can just text Leah Remillet, L-E-A-H-R-E-M-I-L-L-E-T to yourself so that you can remember how to spell that. Cause let's just be honest, that is not an easy one. Um, so I am Leah Remillet and I can be found on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, website. All of those are leahremillet.com or the handle Leah Remillet. I have some amazing free resources. Uh, we have an amazing masterclass on how to get six to eight hours back every single week through just a beautiful handful of needle movers that give you time back. So that's an amazing resource. I love sharing and connecting on Instagram. And then I have my podcast, which is called Balancing Busy. So they can always look up that podcast for another one to connect to in addition to yours. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and we will definitely chat soon. Okay. Thank you for having me. Take care. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.